Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at The Field CLT. Be blessed.
Come on, come on, come on, y'all. How many know it was the blood? Or you thought it was your education? But how many know it was the blood? Yes, some of y'all thought it was your connections. But I know, I know, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. It was the blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a lot of places. I, I trusted a lot of people. But nobody could do me like the blood. Nothing can cleanse me like the blood. Nothing can lift me like the blood. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing but the blood. somebody. Oh, come on. The house is in order. The house is in order. Y'all ought to be ready to have church this morning. The house is in order. Somebody ought to be running this morning. Because of the blood. Oh, we don't like the blood no more in America. We don't like to talk about the blood. But I will tell you, if it had not been for the blood, For the blood, I would still be lost. Somebody say yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I feel the old saints in this room. I feel some old saints in this room. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are here because of the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mitchell Johnson is one of the great voices in America. Amen, amen, amen. Mitch can, Mitch can sing to the deep parts of the soul. Reach some places where ain't nothing been in a long time. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just am never, you know, when you know folk, you try, you, you, you act sometimes like you're too familiar with them and you forget to be amazed at what God does with them. That is not the case. We're blessed here at the field to have singers like that. This is not the case with Mitchell Johnson. I am yet amazed at all God does through him. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, let's go to the word. If y'all ain't ready for a word by now, you better check your pulse. Something may have quit and you just didn't know it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're happy to be in this old space. This is where we used to have worship when the church first started. This was our sanctuary, our worship space. And I can feel the power of those old saints in this room still. Hallelujah, somebody. 
I want us to uh, be prayerful as we're in this space now for a season while renovations are being completed in our worship space. And when we finish, I want to invite all of you who are in touch with us, engaged with us, thousands of you through the week before it's out, I want to invite you all to come and help us celebrate. Don't, don't, don't be in a hurry when you come that day. It's going to be a time. We're going to have a time. From the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. The Good News Translation gives us these words. Jesus saw the crowds and went up a hill where he sat down. Listen, his disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are those who mourn. God will comfort them. Happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. Happy are those who are merciful to others. God will be merciful to them. Happy are the pure in heart. They will see God. Happy are those who work for peace. God will call them his children. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are you when people insult you and persecute you and tell all kinds of evil lies against you because you are my followers. Be happy and glad for a great reward. Somebody say great reward. For a great reward is kept for you in heaven. This is how the prophets who lived before you were persecuted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me for a few moments on the subject protecting our potential. Protecting our potential. Matt, I'm going to need a little more on this mic. I can't hear much. Let's pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Any football fans in the house? Today is the so-called Super Bowl. About a month ago, a young man in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, playing for my hometown team, the Buffalo Bills, Demar Hamlin, fell unconscious, cardiac arrest, right on the football field. Y'all remember? It's all been all over the news. I looked at that event and wondered, aside from the frightening spectacle of a man so young seeming to die right before the very eyes of the world, I wondered at the sadness. I marveled at the outpouring of emotion. Yet I wondered why the intensity of the sorrow. What was it that made people so intensely moved about this young man who many of them may not have even known he was a superstar up until that moment in his career, but, but, but few people watching that day knew him personally. Yet they grieved as if he were a part of their own family. Y'all, after I thought about it a while, I thought maybe folk were grieving because they thought they'd lost a friend. Well, that was the fellas down there on the field and some folk back in the hometown outside of Pittsburgh. But no, the whole country couldn't be grieving like this because they lost a friend. I mean, most of us really did not know him. We, we, we have heard about, as the result of his illness, the great community-minded toy drive he had put together. And just this past week, word came that that drive uh, accumulated $9 million to buy toys for disadvantaged kids. But, but even that would not cause the level of grief that we saw during that fateful day, that Thursday night where he fell critically ill, died really right before our very eyes, before the medics brought him back. I wondered why so much grief, but maybe like me, people were grieving so hard because of the sadness of what appeared to be a young man dying. And, and, and the grotesque imaginings about what he might do. It's always heartbreaking when a young person dies. 
But the whole world doesn't grieve over every young person who dies. There's so many dying every day. We don't grieve in this way. And then pondering the death of this brother occurred to me what might really be happening. We were grieving so hard because we were imagining that that young life was cut off before he really had a chance to get started. He was just 24 years old. Although he was sick that day and a powerful football player, he was so young when he fell dead, it appeared. We had to wonder, who knows what may have been ahead for him. Maybe he would own a football team. Maybe he would be a head coach. I found myself grieving because of imagining those things. That's it. Folk were not only grieving over this young man's condition, but I figured out that what folk were grieving about was the same thing that had broken my heart while he was down. It was the death of potential. Most of the time when folk grieve, we're grieving the loss of what was, the closeness we had, the conversations cut off, the, the love missed, the loving familiar voice silenced, this toy drive maybe cut off. But, but I tell you, that experience taught me that there is one thing even sadder than the loss of what was. It's even sadder to mourn, y'all, the loss of what could be. The death of potential can destabilize us in ways that the expected loss of what was never can. We disciples of Jesus need to always be woke to the danger of the death of potential. I know folk in Florida and other places don't like talking about wokeness, but turn away. We need to stay woke. We need to stay woke about a lot of things and not the least of them is we need to stay woke about, how, about the danger of losing potential. Jesus shows us his concern for it as Matthew goes, gives us a look into how Jesus began his ministry. What one does first is a sign of what you consider to be first things first. Matthew, unlike Mark, Luke, and John, the very first act of Jesus in ministry was not an exorcism. It was not a sermon in a synagogue. It was not miraculously bootlegging some fine wine at a wedding. The first thing Matthew reveals to us is Jesus as teacher. Intimately showing his disciples how to protect their potential. That's ultimately what the so-called Beatitudes is. It's a collection of sayings that, when taken all together, give us a design for our destiny, a program for protected potential. For the next few minutes, I want to just enlist the help of Jesus in teaching we modern-day disciples how to put first things first. Too many disciples spend all their time crying over the spilled milk and missed opportunities and lost legacies that are already gone. 
Jesus, the master teacher, comes in in the field today to protect and keep alive our potential instead of our past. The past is already all that it ever will be. Oh, the past is wonderful. We've been through it. We made it through. We lived to tell about it. We learned a lot of stuff. We, we grew stronger in the past, but the past is gone. Jesus comes to the field this morning to outline that there are a few blessings waiting on us, but they're not in our past. They're not in the rear view mirror. They're in our potential. Anybody in here with enough faith to believe that you have some potential ahead of you? Oh, I don't care what shape you're in. Sadly, there are some people in every church today, even in this one, whose potential is going to die because they're looking for it in their past. But is there anybody in here today who wants to press in and protect where the real blessings of life lie, your potential? Here's how. If you want to celebrate, if you want to find where your real blessings are, just look at your potential. And Jesus suggests by his teaching that you got to come to class if you want to grasp the blessings in your potential. You got to come to class. The book says Jesus saw the crowds and went up a hill where he sat down. That's verse 1. Listen to this, 1B. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. Y'all, I got a confession to make. A disciple, the definition of it is to be a learner of a master's teaching. I, I, I got to confess, I haven't been a good disciple. A disciple is a learner, right? Well, I, I got to confess that a little while ago, we bought a car and the last thing the dealer did was to invite us to an ongoing class that the manufacturer has for that car. And so because there are a lot of features to it, you, you know, you, you won't really get the full benefit of the vehicle if you don't go to the class. My wife and I have spent all the time we've had that car now discovering some new feature by accident, running into a frustrating moment because we can't figure out still how to do something in that car, every time that happens, we look at each other and grinningly accuse the other one. You know what? You need to go to class. Most followers of Jesus have got the same experience with trying to follow him. You got the same problem Dr. Wanda and I have. We, we, there are some features to following Jesus that you're going to miss or mess up because you need to go to class. You need to become a learner. You need to sit at his feet. You need to become a disciple. Verse 1 says that in the first major act of his ministry in Matthew, Jesus goes up a hillside and sits down, and his disciples then gather around him, and Jesus then began to teach them. So it is, it's amazing to see how many believers in Jesus spend most of their time living right past the most important things he the teacher 
and that he teaches us because, because they have never gathered around the Lord. You want to hide something from a lot of disciples? Just put it in the cover of a Bible. Just put it underneath. Uh, just put it in your phone near the app where your Bible is. It's like declaring yourself a school teacher you, and you haven't even learned how to read. That's what it's like when you're not a disciple of Jesus. It's like trying to drive a car and you've never been behind the wheel. Oh, I already know how to drive because I've seen people drive. You don't know how to drive. That's what's wrong in Charlotte right now. A whole lot of folk, I think, didn't go to no class. They just got underneath the wheel and managed to get past the exam somehow. Still can't drive. I almost got run off the road trying to get to church today. Need to go to class. You want to find out the blessings of your potential? Then become a learner. You dig in. You lean in. You chase the Lord. You pant after him like a deer pants after water brooks. You search for him. You look for him. He ain't hiding. He's always where he was. You need to find yourself and relate yourself to him. There's so much he wants to teach us. But we need to go to class. You want to find the blessings of your future, then you need to carefully learn who you are. And I, let me just cut to the chase. And let me just tell you who we are. Y'all know who we are? Look at your family members, ask them, do you know who we are? I know who we are. Can I tell you? Three words. We are blessed. Blessed. We're blessed when we look around. No matter what's happening in your life, you're blessed. This is where our potential lies in knowing beyond the earthly evidence our true identity. There's some stuff, y'all, happening in my life right now that if I had to look at that stuff for my potential, I would give up and quit right here and now. Just get out the race. No, but because I look into my true identity, I know that it don't matter who's working on you, what's working on you. It only matters who's working in you. That's my identity. I'm blessed. So are you. I don't know what you're going through. I, it doesn't even matter. Whatever you're going through, you're blessed. Let me just prove it to you. The word says it right here. If you, and, and, and listen, let me tell you something. If you figure that out, then you're going to stop believing the negative assessments other folks have of you. And you're going to act in accord with God's maximized future. That's what potential is. A maximized future. You'll act in accord with that maximized future that God sees for us. Oh, y'all don't believe me that you're blessed. Let me, let me prove it to you. Verse 3 of this same chapter of Matthew chapter 5. Happy are those who listen to this. Know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Let me just go back and, and talk about not, not, the, not the struggles. The struggles are the first part of each of those little chiastically structured verses. But, but the, the real power is in the second half. 
The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. God will comfort them. They will receive what God has promised. God will satisfy them fully. God will be merciful to them. They will see God. God will call them his children. That is the outcome. That is the potential that lies before us in the face of all of the problems. Folk who know they're spiritually poor. Folk who know they're mourning and sad and rightfully so said, folk who are humble, folk whom life has humbled, folk who are whose greatest desire has not been met because it's to do what God requires, folk who are unsatisfied, God will satisfy them, folk who do the hard work of being merciful to others, folk who are pure in heart and they're going to get talked about and mistreated if they're pure in heart because folk will mistake your kindness for weakness folk who I tell you work for peace and the work of peace is hard work the book says when you know that's who you are you are happy can I translate a minute the word happy in the good news translation the first word in each of these verses the word happy is from the Greek which means blessed it means you're blessed when you run into that struggle it means you're blessed when you know you're spiritually poor it means you're blessed that is when you're mourning it means you're blessed when you're humbled before people it means you're blessed when you work to do what God requires which is at odds with what folk require it means you're blessed when you show folk mercy and they haven't been merciful to you it means you're blessed when you're pure in heart that is you see things because you first believe instead of believing things because you first see it means you're blessed when you work for peace which means you're going to work sometimes all by yourself the upshot of it is you can live into your potential you can maximize and protect your potential when you learn who you are and who are you you are somebody who no matter what's happening to you you are blessed I dare you to say it I'm blessed I know it's not funny I'm blessed I know it's not it's not vacuous it's not hopeful wishful thinking no, it's a reality. Jesus says you are blessed. I, I am who he says I am. Learn who you are. You'll live into your potential. If you learn who you are, you'll live into your potential, y'all. If you come to class, become a learner, become a disciple, suck up everything that is around Jesus. Learn, be a sponge about everything he has to teach you because you will never learn all there is. Just keep on pressing through the struggle. Keep on pressing through the embarrassments of life. Keep on pressing through the exhaustions of life. Keep on pressing through the heartbreaks of life. Keep on pressing when your dreams are different. Keep on pressing when folk mistreat you. Keep on pressing. Keep on pressing and looking to your potential. Get out of the past. You learned from it. You went through it. Now give God glory because you are blessed. You can look and protect your potential when you realize that you are not the sum total of the worst things you've done, but you are not the sum total of the struggles in your life. 
you are instead blessed because the word says you're blessed. You come to class, you position yourself to learn from the master if you learn who you are. A lot of folk walking around trying to be somebody else just because they got somebody else's name on the hip pocket of them pants they're wearing. No, just because you got Louie's name on your glasses don't mean you see nothing. No, you need to know who you are. You're blessed. And, and you can't really find your potential. And here's where I know I'm going to lose some of y'all. Unless you learn how to dance in disaster. Jesus has already told us there's some circumstances in life that a disciple has to encounter and in the midst of those circumstances he's already told us that you need to know that you are blessed. But you got to learn in the midst of it to demonstrate it. Sometimes to yourself, the song says sometimes you got to speak over yourself. You got to learn how to dance in disaster. Listen to verse 10. He says, happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Then watch this, what he says in, in response. He says, the kingdom of heaven, Basileia, Uthea, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Oh, y'all don't believe me. You don't believe me when folk mistreat you, when they persecute you. You think it means there's something wrong with you because that's what they tell you. I'm kicking your backside because you need a backside kicking. I'm beating you because that's what love is. I hate you so you'll understand where you fall short. I take from you because you need to learn how to stop laying down and letting folk take. I don't speak to you because I don't have time for you. I got to move on to the important people. Happy are you who are persecuted and when you figure out that's you, it's time to dance because the kingdom of heaven belongs to folk like you. Happy are you? You ought to be happy. You ought to know that you're, you're blessed when folk insult you, when they persecute you, when they lie on you, when they, when they treat you badly because you're mine. You act like mine, so I don't have to treat you well. I can take full advantage. You, 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 you act like God says. You act like mine, so they treat you like nothing. They, they're jealous, really, of the light in you. Don't get it twisted. A lot of folk don't treat you well because it isn't because there's something wrong with you or because you've necessarily done anything wrong. A lot of folk mistreat you, number one, because you got to teach folk how to treat you, but number two, because they're jealous of the light that's in you. They can't get it. It's not given to them. They cannot claim it because it's not a possession. They can't put it out because God put it in you, so they persecute you. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven belongs to you, and Watch what he does in verse 12. This alliterative and amplifying language in the English, he says, uh, Matthew writes, be happy 
and glad. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Be happy and glad for a great reward is kept for you in heaven. This is how the prophets who lived before you were persecuted. How many people know that, that when you are blessed, you need to be happy and glad? Listen, to be happy really means to be blessed. You mean you need to be blessed, but you also need to be glad. That is, folk ought to know that you're blessed. You ought not be the sad sack crowd. You ought not be the ones walking around with your head hung down. You ought not be the one feeling sorry for yourself. You ought not be the one who has a give up spirit about you. No, Jesus is suggesting that you need to dance in the midst of the disaster. You need to be happy. Happy is something that can emanate from the inside. You can be happy about stuff when it's going well. But look at this. You need to also be glad. Glad means you're willing to demonstrate the happiness that's on the inside of you. To be glad means that you're not just feeling good about how things go and how things went. You're also feeling glad. You're willing to show somebody how happy you are. You're willing to show the world and those persecuting you that you gave it your best shot. But God has another agenda for me. Ain't that what I told y'all last time? You can be happy and glad. I think the glad is the joyful part. The happy is one thing. That's conditional. That's blessed. You're blessed to day you're blessed tomorrow but that gladness denotes joy a joy that's an inward reality that's not necessarily uh, known by other folk around you but when you've got joy you can act like you're happy even when things ain't going your way when you've got joy you can stand a, a trial and a persecution because you know that weeping ain't gonna go on always but through the night and joy is coming in the morning when you're glad folk will wonder why it is you sing so loud why it is you preach so crazy why it is you dance when you worship why do you throw your hand up because I'm looking not at my past but I'm looking at my potential I'm looking at a future more excellent than my present circumstances would indicate I wish I could get me some folk in this house who could celebrate right now the great victory that lies ahead of you oh yeah there's going be some struggle that lies ahead but I wish I had me some glad disciples. Some disciples who could flourish even when they ain't got two nickels to rub together. How many folk know? Listen, listen. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what blessed me today. Here's what blessed me uh, last week about today. And that is the reason that, 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 that Damar Hamlin's story is so impressive is because it's just been one month ago that the brother was laying on the football field dead as far as anybody knew but somehow God's uh, work had been done on him on the field quickly enough that he got his respiration back and his electrical impulses uh, that science can't really trace nor understand the electrical impulses started fleeting around the southern part of his heart again before he left the football field he was unconscious in the hospital for a long time and, and I know he ain't Jesus 
Jesus, but his testimony is like your testimony. That, that, that last week, I saw a video of him standing on a stage waving at folk in a beautiful brand new suit, looking at them and telling them, I'm back, I will play again. Is that your testimony? I know you've been through some stuff. I know you've been down sometimes, but I wish I could get me some saints in the field today to dance in the middle of your disaster. I know your shoulders are heavy. I know your heart is heavy. I know your head is hung down, but I wish I had me some saints who would dance right in the midst of that disaster. I know that you're struggling through some stuff that you can't figure out. I know that it doesn't look like you're going to make it, but I dare you to just do what Jesus said. Don't just be blessed, but be glad about your blessing. Don't just have God making ways, but let folk know that you're glad he's a way maker. Don't just receive the blessing, but you'll be glad that you've been blessed like you've been blessed. Because if you had to go back and think about it, where you're standing right now, come on in here, Damar, is impossible based on where you were standing 30 days ago. When I look back over my life and I begin to think about where I was at some points in my life, I'm happy, yes. I'm blessed, yes. But I'm glad in my blessing. I'm glad enough that I'm going to lift my hands. I'm glad enough that I'm going to give him praise. Praise is what you do because of what the Lord has done. Honor and praise is due unto him. Worship is what you do because of who he is. How many know who he is? Well, if you know who he is, you ought to praise him because of who he is and what he's done. I'm glad, y'all, because of what the Lord has done. I know, I know he laid his hand on me. I know when my enemies got tough, he came to see about me. Say yeah, I'm glad because he's mine. I'm glad because he's God. I'm glad because he makes a way. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad because he's good. I'm glad because he's sublime. I'm glad he's not a man that he should lie. I'm glad that just when I needed him, he was right there. I'm glad that when I couldn't make it, he helped me. He picked me up. He led me on. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad, glad enough to dance, glad enough to praise, glad enough to shout, glad enough to run on, glad.
disciples in this house to be glad enough in spite of where you've been. And Jesus says, because of where you are, just dance. Be glad. It's a, it's a spiritual disposition, not a doctrine, it's not a dogma, it's an orientation of the heart. I have many reasons today to be sad, how about you? But I will rejoice. Why? Because he has made me glad. Glad by his promises to me. And I remember that he's never broken one. I will rejoice. He has made me glad. Is that your testimony? Just be glad. I dare you. I dare you to get glad right in the middle of that place where you're sinking. I dare you to get glad. Dance right there where your heart is breaking. He has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. I will rejoice. I don't know about you, but I'm not grieving like folk who have no hope. Jesus has made me glad. He said, you ought to rejoice. Really, the sense of it is, you ought to be exceedingly glad. Because a great reward is kept for you in heaven. Can you celebrate with me that if the reward is kept in heaven, it means can't nobody get to it. Nobody can break in and steal the reward God has for you. Nobody can stomp it out of you with their cruelty. Nobody can steal it from your heart because of disappointment. I know this. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has. Jesus has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. I will rejoice. How about you? Yeah.
my family. I know you're suffering, but get up and let the world know. are all great but because he's great and he has made us glad hallelujah let's leave this place while we give an opportunity for somebody who's been blessed in your home or in your car or on your job on your walk with your earbuds in if you've been blessed why don't you just take a moment right now and put in the chat line Field me, CLT. That lets us know that you're ready to rejoice. You want to be a part of the kingdom. If you need Jesus in your life, you need to do that right away. If you need a church family, wherever you are, there's some saints on here from countries all over the world. Last Sunday, we had some folk from Brazil and from Indonesia and from Africa, different countries in Africa, Bujumbura. Liberia, wherever you are, Virginia, California, you just put that in the hashtag, that hashtag in the chat line. 
field me CLT. I want to be a part of the field. Whatever you say, just let us know and somebody will reach out to you. We're rejoicing because Jesus has made us glad. that the message has uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, simply reach out to us on Facebook, at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church or on Instagram at The Field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.